This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So this morning, we're going to start out by talking about gaming. I think there are some misconceptions when it comes to gaming. I mean, for one, I think there we think that it's socially isolating. Oh, you're just sitting inside. You're not socializing. Oh, you're not learning any social skills, right? Like that's the perception that we have. But that may have been the case, you know, way back when, but not necessarily anymore. Technology has changed a lot of things, including gaming and how we make social connections. Joining us now to talk about this is Dr. Rachel Coward, who's a research psychologist and co-author of the book, A Parent's Guide to Video Games. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot to this. It's the essential guide to understanding how video games impact your child's physical, social and psychological well-being. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. So are you saying that gaming actually can be social? (laughs) Yes. You know, it's more social than anti-social, actually. Really? In what way? Well, you know, even when we're playing alone, um, we're playing what we call alone together. So most games now are connected through the Internet in one way or another, either through the console, like through the Xbox or the PlayStation, or you're playing in a world populated by lots of other people. So we're constantly engaging in this broader community of game players, even when seemingly we seem to be playing alone. So Dr. Cowan, I think, do we have enough, do you think, qualitative data now when it comes to like seeing what the impact of gaming is on our social skills because it's been going on for what, 20, 30 years now extensively? Yeah, closer to 50. It's wild how long we've been playing games, but yes, absolutely. So actually my PhD research looks specifically at social skills and social abilities And overwhelmingly, we find there's no differences between people who play games and people who don't. And if anything, the people who are playing online games are developing what we call 21st century skills. So the ability to hold multiple conversations about different topics at the same time, for instance. Okay, so we're learning how to multifunction to to do all sorts of different things at once. Yeah, yeah. See, games can be good. (laughs) It sounds to me like you are used to trying to convince some parents of this. (laughs) You know, I, I do tend to end up on that side of the, the street, not necessarily because um, I because I chose to, but more out of necessity. You know, as you mentioned in the opening, games have a bad reputation for being bad or having overwhelming negative effects. And generally across the board on all outcomes, it's more positive than negative. Okay, so what about what it shows us about a person's personalities or how they deal with challenging situations? Yeah, you know, games are really great kind of testing ground to see how people do handle challenging situations and how they can develop resilience and how they can continue to try in the face of failure. And there's a lot of psychologists, for instance, who use this in their clinical practice to do just that. So what do you say to help parents with this then? When parents come to you and say, I'm really worried about how much time my child spends gaming, where do you go from there? Great. It's great. I hear that question a lot. Um, Typically, I tend to say, think about it as a digital diet. So just like we have a food pyramid, games should be one of many things that we do on our digital diet. Should it be the only thing we do? No. But there are a lot of benefits to be had from it. So for parents, I just say, think about what function it's serving. Are they playing with friends that they know? Are Are they learning and exploring? You know, are they getting a sense of achievement? They do have value within this pyramid of the digital technologies we use. Does it also depend on which game they're playing? 
Um, it can, but but all games of all genres really do have their own kind of individual value. So, like, a lot of people are concerned about uh, first-person shooter games, for instance, but there's something to be said about teamwork and working together in, in a rapid, you know, pace environment. But every child is different and every parent is different. It's just about, you know, keeping an eye on what your child is playing and making sure you're comfortable with it. Okay, and what what about the idea, too, that this the current generation of parents who have very small children or perhaps becoming parents – wouldn't they have also grown up playing video games? Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of us have. I mean, I, I'm 40, I have small children, and I definitely grew up playing games, but shockingly, not everyone. <laughs> so, I mean, I have some close neighbors who I love and adore the same age as me, but they know nothing about these spaces. So I'm like, just talk to them, just see what they're doing. They can be good, I promise. Um, right. so it seems, it could us. be overwhelming, I think, for parents who have yeah. never done that, though, because when you look at what's going on, some of these games are very complex. Like, I have sat and watched... Yeah. And I think I and I grew up playing video games, but like yeah. we're talking Atari. So I don't think I can't keep up with what I see happening. Absolutely. It, it can be overwhelming. And I understand the kind of the hesitancy to engage because they can be overwhelming. But really just sit down next to your child and be like, what are you playing and why do you like it? And you can really just start there. Okay, so the key here, I take it then, is to view video game skills as you would any other life skill. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So what kind of skills are we talking about here? What are, what are they learning? Yeah. I mean, they're learning leadership skills. They're learning multitasking. As we mentioned before, you know, these 21st century social skills, the ability to socialize verbally and via text about different conversations at the same time. Um, Games also are fun. You know, people forget like they're actually a fun thing to do and doing something fun and playful in and of itself is associated with stress relief and reduced depression and, and all these kinds of different things. Right. Um, I know you've also talked about the issue of how we get to know people, right? So when we meet them in person, we get to know them a certain way, but we get to know them kind of backwards. Is that right? On, on the in gaming? Yeah, exactly. So friendships formed in games tend to form faster and be closer um, than friendships formed in other spaces of the internet, because just as you said, they're formed backwards. So in a face-to-face relationship, you meet someone and you slowly learn if you can trust them. But on the internet, in games specifically, you learn if you can trust them right away. Are you going to help me kill this monster or are you going to not help me kill this monster, right? And if you help me, I immediately have a foundational level of trust in which I then build upon and I get to know you over time. Um, So it's quite interesting to study how these friendships form and how they can be so long lasting. Okay, that's so interesting because you're right. Why does it? Why do we do it that way, though, then? Is it because that's just the immediacy? We take so long to get to know people in person, don't we? Well, we do. I mean, that's just the human nature, right? We're not sure. Can we trust this person? Is this person trustworthy? I mean, it's just the way that human relationships form. And I think it's because you don't usually open with like a trust building exercise, right? Um, But with games, games are nothing but a series of trust building exercises. So someone can show it before they express it, you know, with words. So what do you say to parents then when they think, oh, gaming is so isolating? It is not. It's so not isolating. And I get the impression, you know, if you see your child in a room with headphones on by themselves, seemingly in a room, right, I can see how you get that impression. But keep in mind that they're connected to a world of hundreds, thousands, millions of other people playing games. It is not isolating at all. Right. They're just developing relationships. You just can't see that. Correct. All right. It sounds like we all have a little bit of work to do on that one. Uh, Thank you for your time this morning. 
Oh, thank you for having me. That is Dr. Rachel Carrot, who's a research psychologist and has also written a book. It's the co-author, actually, of a book called A Parent's Guide to Video Games, The Essential Guide to Understanding How Video Games Impact Your Child's Physical, Social, and Psychological Well-Being. And I know as a parent, we've all thought that at some point, right? That, oh, video games, oh, get outside and play, do something more social. But their argument is that it is social. It's just developing relationships differently, probably faster than you would face-to-face, which I find fascinating.